prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. episode episode 89 gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins the outs the highs and the very deep endless lows of making comics i'm your host jb with my co-host cam what it do baby still recovering from covid finally got my taste back which uh which is good yeah i guess if you're not on the patreon you don't know uh, about jb's illness but the motherfucker got got he finally finally got got he was with me. It's a matter of time. And uh, we were in close proximity. Um, I've tested twice and somehow I don't have it, thankfully, but I have had it before. So I feel you. Um, I'm glad your taste came back though, because yeah, that that's really fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. <laughs> that was probably the worst part of it. Like I, I felt bad maybe one night, but the worst of it was just not being able to taste anything. Now, that that's was sucked. it gone completely or was it just like fucked up like things didn't taste like as strong or taste at all oh it's just gone Fuck. like uh the only thing i could taste quote unquote is i could tell if something was salty or sweet or bitter and that's it yeah like and you couldn't even like taste it you just like got the sensation yeah yeah, yeah pretty much. okay see i didn't lose my taste uh thankfully but it was Damn. It was like if someone was like holding your nose closed while you were eating stuff or drinking stuff. It, it sucked. Awful. Awful, awful. Yeah. But uh, that's gone and passed finally. Finally, So uh, uh, we, me and Jill, because she also had the same issue because uh, she got COVID. And then like a day after I stopped tasting stuff, she stopped uh, Damn, tasting Damn, did her stuff, shit come so. back? Yeah, it's starting to slowly come back. So Good, yeah. yeah. I know I texted you this. My brother... His was gone for like six weeks plus. Yeah, and I told you I'd kill myself. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Awful, awful. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, my nose is still a little plugged up, but not not as bad as it was a couple of days ago when we were recording <laughs> our uh, bonus episode. But yeah, it's... Uh, or no, not even the, the bonus. That was this main feed. Oh, that was this main feed. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Which it, I guess... was the, it was the main feed and the bonus. Yeah. No, we didn't do a bonus. We didn't do a bonus? I don't think so. Did we do a bonus? Oh, yeah, we did. We did. We did. About cards. Duh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like incoherent because I was that was like peak when I was feeling shitty. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. The things I do for your money, people. Yeah. Damn. Speaking of. uh, Yeah. If you want to hear us get into cards, we bought cards while we were hanging out. We hung out over holiday break. Uh, The show went on an unexpected hiatus due to scheduling. That's why. uh, Sorry, we missed a main feed there. We didn't put anything up. Hopefully you didn't miss us too much. 
We are back this week with Pat Olicio, which you'll hear yeah, from him Philly on the boy. other. Yeah, you'll hear from him on the other side. Uh, new book coming out from Strangers Fanzine, and uh, we get into all that on the back end of this. Uh, that said, though, we do have some shit to get into up front. So, uh, yeah, before we get into that, though, uh, let's go ahead and plug the Patreon. If you want to go to gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys, we do have different tiers. You can get bonus episodes on our off weeks on the main feed for $5 a month. For $10 a month, uh, anything that we do physical, you will get as far as like uh, specialty tiers. Uh, We do have an end of year zine coming out. Uh, You wouldn't be eligible for that, but all of our patrons, we definitely thank you. I've already started working on that. That said, uh, we should get that to you shortly after the new year. And then um, I'll be working on getting that comic with jazz printed as well for you all. And uh, yeah, uh, so you can get physical goods from us. And also there is a vault of 50 episodes uh, that you can listen to with uh, various guests from the show. Some of them are just us solo. Some have special guests that haven't even shown up on the main feed. So uh, a lot of fun stuff to get into there. And uh, this next coming Patreon episode is going to have the return of Ramon Villalobos and Gleb Melnikov. Uh, We're going to get into some end of the year uh, movie reviews. That's what they want to do, but also talk about holiday shopping lists, just cool shit that we think you should buy. Uh, for someone for Christmas. So all that's going down on our Patreon at gutterboys.top. And like I said, there's a vault of two years of content there. So yeah, throw us some money. So it is the return of shout outs. We've been uh, inactive on these, but I finally posted some. Alrighty, so if you do want to send us comics uh, to read, we do uh, shout you out here on the show and post you on our Instagram. First one came from friend of the show, David Caldwell, sent over his new sci-fi romance comic, Heat, Death, Love. Uh, you can grab a copy from him on Instagram at the Prophet DC. Uh, we also received a, a comic from friend of the show and advertiser Cluster Fox Comics. Uh, they sent over the newest issue of Fugu Comics. Yeah, uh, we always enjoy getting new stuff from Cluster Fox, aka Cameron Hathaway. Thank you, Cameron. Shout out to Cam. Yeah, Cam too. Definitely appreciate it, uh, holding it down out there on the West Coast. We also got a uh, note with this next one, which I will read here from John Reynolds. He sent over a couple copies of Adorable Murderers, uh, which has the tagline in the title, Killer Cartoons from the webcomic A Fistful of Babies. That is actually his Instagram, at A Fistful of Babies, yes. And uh, he did send a note over. Hey, JB and Cam, here's two copies of the first year of my webcomic, A Fistful of Babies, self-published through Evil Amazon because I'm dumb and other things. Hope you enjoy. Keep up the great comics and podcast. Best, John. So yeah, if you do want a copy of this, uh, just go ahead and go to Amazon.com and, uh, <laughs> you know, it is print on demand, uh, but uh, it actually does have nice production value, to be fair. Uh, a lot of cool newspaperish strips going on there. Uh, pretty funny. If you want a sample, check out our post on Instagram. And then we got a new one from friend of the show, Eric Jasek, who sent over his newest comic, The UFO Bros, issue one, Beatniks in Space. More of the same from Eric, uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, So thank you, Eric, for the new comic. We appreciate you. What is that, like his fourth comic that he sent us this year alone? I think so, yeah. I think <laughs> Fucking uh, workhorse. <laughs> this year, he's been really pumping them out and then sending them to us. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Keep it up, dude. I really uh, like this last one. Um, pretty funny stoner comedy, UFO Bros. I uh, read it right before uh, we started recording, so definitely looking forward to issue two on that one. Uh, we also have uh, from the third Cameron on this yeah. shout out, uh, Cameron Savala sent over liver mortisine. I have not read it yet. Cam, have you gotten a chance to flip through this? Yeah. So um, it's a really like fucked up story 
about, I'll just go ahead and like spoil the first page only. Uh, it's about a guy who talks about how it's his first day at work and he's killed someone. So if you want a <laughs> twisted ass comic, uh, hit up Cameron Zavala. He's over on Instagram at obscure underscore underscore comics. There might be a third underscore in there, but it's obscure underscore underscore comics. Hmm. Uh, so definitely uh, hit him up there. Is he an IDF soldier? Is that his job? I don't understand what. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, I know he's a clusterfucks guy. That's how I, I've, I've been aware of him. So this is the no, first time I'm he talking about the character in. in his comic. Oh, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's his first day of fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this is like some sus shit. Like it unfolds. Oh, like oh, uh, gotcha, like gotcha, he okay. caught a body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, his okay. job isn't killing. He just caught a body on his first day. And it's gotcha. the story of that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, if you want to send over your comics to us uh please do uh email us at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com or send us a dm at gutterboyspod on twitter or instagram and we will uh send you over our mailing address it's true uh we are more than happy to uh take a look at your stuff plug you and shout you out so uh, we appreciate you all uh working in the trenches alongside us and uh you know not necessarily physically next to us of course but you get what the fuck i'm saying um but yeah keep sending the stuff in and we're happy to you know help spread the word about it and uh get you guys an audience by using our platform uh we appreciate small press despite what the haters say we support small press yeah yeah it's not like we do a show about small press (laughs) you know the show you're listening to right now (laughs) yeah uh anyway uh all right so let's get into news we got some hot hot news yeah hot news uh actually you know a a real quick a plug and kind of news previous guest friend of the show noah van skyver just announced that he's actually returning to the uh floppy world and going into mainstream comic shops uh if they decide to order it maple terrace is coming out through uncivilized books looks like he's doing three issues 32 pages each and uh looks like it's more autobio stuff from uh the one dirty tree universe uh him growing up with his siblings uh so definitely subscribe to that via your local comic shop or uncivilizedbooks.com is he still doing his youtube show yeah he is he had actually get this so all the fucking comic shows he landed dan klaus oh uh, klaus shit. actually showed up on his youtube nice so uh yeah if you want to see a, a recent dan klaus interview check out noah van skyver's youtube show it's sleeper very, show very rare interview yeah, he uh, came out for the uh, complete eighth ball. The paperback version just got released through Fana. It's a giant brick. I kind of like the uh, hardback version better with the slip case. Uh, has like the different changing paper stocks, but I get it. It's more economical, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Damn. Yeah, but news, I guess. News. Okay. All right. Really just two stories that are pretty much the same thing, really. Yeah. Right. I guess it's one story. We just have like a lot of different shit about the same shit. Yeah, yeah. There's there's different sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, so floodgates open, people. <laughs> uh, this headline comes from bleedingcool.com. Uh, comic book publishers not paying comic book creators, which uh, I feel like this is a reoccurring headline. But uh, whatever. In the article, they write that uh, Will Robson, comic book artist on Great Lakes Avengers. Big Trouble in Little China, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Spider-Ham, Secret Warriors, uh, blah, blah, blah. A bunch of stuff I've never read, but... Uh, Clout titles for sure, though. Like Spawn Kills Everyone, Fantastic Four. He's, he's quote-unquote, reputable right. in the he's, big Right, he's team. a quote-unquote pro. Yes. And uh, he uh, tweeted out, Has it become industry standard to pay creators ridiculously late for their work? Yes, Will. Yeah, where have you been? 
Yeah. Uh, I've struggled all year with all the large companies I work for to get paid on the agreed time. I'm talking months late. It's sad now. Wait, hold on. I got a stupid pop-up ad that's not going away. All right, You're here good. we go. It's sad how nervous I am to even talk about this publicly in fear of being blacklisted for future work, but I've heard so many horror stories from other freelance creators recently about fighting for their paycheck, and I need to vent this all out and hopefully raise some awareness to make serious change. Yeah, this motherfucker wrote a manifesto, because yeah. if you scroll down on this thing, <laughs> it's like half the fucking page. It's wild. But, yeah, uh, it's like a Keanu meme. I'm not reading all this. Yeah, was, yeah pretty <laughs> I'm very much, happy yeah. for you. Uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> yeah, he's just mainly talking about like how hard it is to hit deadlines and how he works 10 to 15 hour days, five to seven days a week to hit, you know, ridiculous industry standard deadlines, which, you know, we definitely hear you and understand you. But this is just standard conditions for being a cartoonist. Uh, it sucks dick. But what can you do right. if you're working on a monthly title? Um, that is not going to change anytime soon despite the fact that it should but we're going to kind of streamline this i guess and not really get off on that side road there right also uh zach thompson who i think is a writer right is he zach a writer thompson, he a- uh let me see here i'm pulling up his twitter bio it's probably gonna have a ukraine flag okay no. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's a writer. You're right. Uh, okay. DC, Marvel, Aftershock, yeah. Mad Cave, Vault. Yeah, so he doesn't matter. So we're going to go ahead and skip what he said. I don't know. No, I don't because think you know what? They're... Be paid. I... <laughs> 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 that is the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> but we need to actually read this one because the yeah, publisher. I know. I know. I'm fucking kidding. He... All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Christ. Well, hey. Hey, you know, I didn't know if you're doing a bit because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I've had two books completely fall apart this year because of late payments, one of which took me over a year of dedicated research to even script. Said publisher then optioned one of my books without telling me or the team at the time and still said they couldn't pay. It's December and a lot of creators are heading into Christmas with thousands owed to them and no real recourse to get paid for their work. It's disgusting. It's clear to me that our industry is in a state of huge transition and a lot of smaller publishers may not make it to the other side. Yeah, fucking welcome to our world. Smaller yeah, publishers I th- struggling. This all doesn't really wow. read as news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Like um, I get this is like supposed to be a big deal in in like comics journalism, but all of this reads as shit that's been going on for like well over the last like five years. Yes. This so, one here ties in. Go ahead. I'm sorry, actually. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm just I'm curious if the reason why this is getting attention now is because enough people that are like in, uh, I guess, like higher clout positionings can talk about it. And now yeah, it because it's happening to them now. Yeah, right. Which is like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of bullshit. I mean, but, shit uh, rolls downhill. <laughs> right. And right. Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry that it's finally rolling by your little village. Or right. Whatever. Like, don't get me wrong. It's <laughs> fucked up that people aren't, aren't getting paid on time. Yes. Or at all, agreed. But also like, fuck Joe Quinones. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. who fucking cares? <laughs> like, I'm laughing that you're not getting paid. <laughs> how about that? How about how about how about we talk about how it's funny that you're not yeah. getting paid? After fucking years of other people not getting paid and no one gave a fucking shit. So, right. It's like, oh, well, I'm sorry you never worked for Boom Studios and you went straight to fucking Image, you know? (laughs) Not Image, but, you know, Image is actually pretty good about paying people from what I understand. Well, okay, never mind. I can't, yeah, can't drop that scoop. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Um, no, but uh, going back to Will Robson and Zach Thompson, who we just read their quotes about this, Alex DeCampi, uh, Alex DeCampi be serious, if you remember from our last coverage of her, I forgot what she did, but uh, I remember dropping that name on her. 
She straight quote tweeted both of these and blacked out the names, but Bleeding Cool just straight up doxed them. Hell yeah. <laughs> but no, Alex posted screenshots of what we just read and uh, wrote, this is at Aftershocks Comics. Uh, one of the companies like Vault that we said are just straight up money laundering, probably. Um, but allegedly. Uh, that said, she wrote, this is Aftershock Comics. They owe friends of mine tens of thousands, and I've been doling out contact details of California lawyers for the arts like it's Christmas candy. This is shameful behavior, and people need to know. Also, their rights deal sucks. And then she added Aftershocks Comics, stop acting like a bunch of clowns and pay your goddamn freelancers or declare bankruptcy. And then she uh, posts a link. Uh, for cartoonists and uh, writers that are owed money for lawyers that work pro bono. So that's pretty sick. Uh, If you want to follow her on Twitter, Alex at Alex DeCampi, or you can at least look at the thread. It's from December 9th. There's another thing here where, oh, she deleted the tweet, it looks like, or maybe I'm just not seeing it. But she talks about how... Our boy Donnie Cates got fucked up on uh, his IP, so any comic that he's done for Aftershock, uh, he doesn't own, so R.I.P. <laughs> Bozo should have fucking looked at that contract a little closer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, but Aftershocks should definitely uh, pay their creators. Um, there is more where another publisher gets pulled into the mix, though. Joe Quinones writes, waited recently over a full year on one publisher before getting paid and currently still waiting payment, running on six months now from a second prominent publisher who has largely ghosted me relating to two separate covers. Uh, uh, cover should be covers man that's plural buddy i crafted for them last summer uh know of another artist who's drawn several full issues and covers for a mini series that we're working on uh without even one paycheck yet their publisher will come knocking for the next cover the next issue then threaten to move on to another artist if not replied back to with expedience uh, also, real quick, uh, Bleeding Cool, your fucking ads suck dick. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? It's like literally just blocking half of the fucking article and you can't even close it out. Yeah, what it's, the it's fuck terrible. Is that? I don't fucking care about, what is it, Chevrolet? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, comic fans are uh, about to buy yeah, a new comic Chevy fans truck. Are huge too. fans of giant Chevy trucks. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Just, anyway, you know, right, hauling right. long boxes while it rains in the back of your pickup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, that would, that would be a gray car commercial, like a working man <laughs> pulling out long boxes from the back. That would have to be Nate. Though, I was gonna right? say it's or, Nate. It's Nate Grixley. <laughs> yeah, Grixley. Oh my god, he's like he's got a, he's like all rugged looking. He looks like a lumberyard worker. That would rock. He wipes the the sweat off of his brow from g- going through hundreds of uh, issues of Spider Man in a long box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, well. As a follow-up, though, Joe Quinones uh, did do a follow-up tweet and wrote, The first publisher I won't name because I believe it was an honest mistake. The second publisher is Valiant. Bloodshot and Archer and Armstrong covers I did just over six months ago. No payment. Largely no correspondence except to kick the can down the road with a, we're working on this. This is actually kind of crazy to me because Joe Quinones is actually like a pretty big artist. He works regularly at DC. Take him or leave him. I thought he was cool in that Dial H for Hero book, but you know, the Batman uh, 89 book didn't do too much for me. But I mean, he's kind of like an it dude. And if Valiant's ghosting that dude, there's no telling what's going on to the people. No one's safe, quote unquote, baby. Yeah, lower on the totem pole. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't like the big two. It doesn't seem like it's, well, actually, I mean, that first one said all companies. So, I mean, that kind of implicates They're also, the big two. I noticed there's a lot of talk here where they're not mentioning the publisher still. 
Yes, no, exactly. Because so, they're all afraid of being like, oh, no, we'll never work for them again. Well, guess what? Fucking name them and hold them accountable and make this whole fucking oh, no, place I'll, better I for all of us. not get paid again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Vault's going to see my tweet and pay me now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fucking loser ass what is that that's yeah. so sad man comics th- this shit is a joke yeah <laughs> y'all should be fucking clowned honestly for this shit that's wild. yeah so you know i guess just moral of the story look at what you're signing contract wise and um you know this sucks but maybe naming the publishers will help us get out of it yeah. just a thought i don't know i mean a lot of cowards online doing a lot of talking in the DMs, not a lot of naming publicly. Yeah, because they don't want to be branded to be quote unquote difficult to work with or whatever. Yeah, look, I mean, fucking Aubrey's back in the fold. It took him a good four or five years of fighting through hell, but he made it back, Mr. 9-11, so you can too. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, <Damn>. Aubrey. <laughs> 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 yeah i it, it's it's so wild to me like it, and you know aubrey really kind of made his own corner you know like yeah through kickstarter and through just fundraising and and kind of finding his audience that way and now he's back in, he's back in the you know back in the house with yeah. uh with dark horse you know they were just yeah. like hey we'd rather have this guy in the castle pissing out than pissing on the castle so Right. And and I bring up Aubrey mainly because, like, he was working in the space that these creators are working in, you know? And yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm not saying that he, like, you know, I'm saying, hey, name him and hold him accountable. Aubrey just made a 9-11 joke. There's not really much equating the two. But I'm just saying, Aubrey wasn't a coward. Don't yeah. be a coward. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, hey, I guess before we get out of here uh, and get to our interview with Pat Alisio, next episode is the third annual Pimp and Simp of the Year Awards. So... Uh, keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram stories for a form to submit your, you know, nominations for Pimp and Simp of the Year. Or you can email us at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com and we will read those on the show. So if you do not want us to read your submissions, please say do not read because if you're trying to do bits and shit, we're going to read who says it. And if you don't <laughs> want that shit read, then don't fucking, you know, or actually, how did we do that last year? Didn't we just read nominations like we didn't actually say their names? Yeah, I don't think we named anyone. Okay, so we're not going to read your name. So <laughs> Yeah, I think you, you just, just added that on now. Yeah, I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that would make it so long. So just fucking do what you did last year and just send us your nominations. We won't read your name associated with them. No snitching. So yeah, I switched it up real quick there. But yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, that is it. Cam, do you have any feelings towards uh, this year's nominations? Do you have anyone in mind? Yeah, but uh, we're going to get to that next episode, man. So let's leave them, uh, let's leave them hanging. Oh, I know, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just, just, I'm, I'm you know, just saying. I'm just, I'm just trying uh, to see if you, you've got any, uh, you know, in the bag already. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I'll leave a cryptic hint. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Pimp of the year, you can cash that and take it to the bank, baby. There you go. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll be joined with our guest for this evening, Paul Quinones. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Pablo. <laughs> uh, Pat Alicio. Uh, so stay tuned. <laughs> We'll be right back. Meow. Meow. Sid the Cat magazine is out now. If you've ever been to an amazing rock and roll show and thought, I wish I could experience this moment again, but in comic form, then Sid the Cat magazine is for you. Fiercely independent show promoter Sid the Cat have joined forces with comics journalist Andrew Greenstone to bring you an ongoing publication that documents the SoCal indie rock scene. 
This stunning 52-page full-color magazine features comics, articles, photos, and illustrations from a rotating cast of local illustrators and writers. It's a celebration of SID's artists and venues and supports those keeping the bleeding edge of the indie music scene alive. Our first issue covers musical artists Big Thief, Illuminati Hotties, Mike Kroll, Fucked Up, Finn Lilly, Katie Kirby, Kate LeBon, Cursive, Christian Lee Hudson, No Win, and so many more. If you are a fan of comics, indie music, zines, rock reports, or community by the way of culture, order a copy now at sidthecat.com forward slash sid dash zine. Again, that's sidthecat.com forward slash sid dash zine. What do a pair of deadly assassins, a beefy pile of roided up high school football players, a zombie outbreak, huge dragons, and a himbo barbarian have in common? You can find them all in the upcoming pages of the Santos Sisters. That's right. Ambar and Alana are back for more gripping adventures. Once again, Offset Press printed in full color on your favorite decadent newsprint. Prestigious publication. The Comics Journal love the first issue, calling it a highly entertaining comic. And Katie and Sally from the Thick Lines podcast called it a masterpiece and more than they deserve. And who are we to disagree? The Santos Sisters is available now. Don't miss out. Ask your favorite comic book retailer to add it to your pull list today or find it online at santosisters.com. Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. Athenium Comic Art is an original art website for some of the best cartoonists in the business. They currently represent Remy Boydell, Marie Capel France, Nicole Gu, Jonathan Hill, Emma Hunsinger, Casey Nowak, Micah Song, and Tilly Walden. Athenium Comic Art gives fans the opportunity to own original piece of art from their favorite comics and support the artists that they love. In their short time in business, they've already shipped many iconic pages out to hardcore fans across the globe. Don't miss out on your chance to own a one-of-a-kind piece of history. Check out their website, AtheniumComicArt.com, and type in Gutter Gang at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order. Again, the website is AtheniumComicArt.com, and the code is GutterGang. loves underground comics everybody loves underground comics and if you know people who don't love underground comics and only read the mainstream comics immediately report them to your local comic book store and find them with copies of clusterfucks comics clusterfucks comics is a black and white underground anthology comic scene featuring some of the best underground comics creators today creators like cameron zavala eric jasek brian judge miguel aguilar adam yeter jason cavelli umberto tonella anna peterson tony de pasquale Drewby Hall, and so many more. Issues 1 through 4 are available now, with the fifth issue debuting in early 2023. Purchase your copies today at clusterfuckscomics.bigcartel.com. And that's comics with an X. Clusterfucks Comics. Comics you can clusterfucks with. Morning, Gary. Morning, Marianne. Need a menu? Nah. 
I'll just have the usual. You sure do love your eggs and coffee, Gary. Best way to start your morning, Marianne. Well, that and an issue of Town and County. What's that? Town and County is a new comic series written and drawn by cartoonist Alex Nall. He's that guy that wrote them books about teaching and that Mr. Rogers feller. Oh, he was such a nice man. The first issue is 36 pages of black and white comic stories with beautiful color covers and features six stories about folks in our little township here in Illinois. Like Susie Barber, the house cleaner that uncovers her client's dirty laundry, if you know what I mean. And Stanley Pepper, that big feller that just lost his job and took to drinking every night at Bugs's Tavern. Well, ain't that something? Town & County is published by Ivy Terrace Press, headquartered in Chicago. Chicago? Who would want to live there? So dirty. Each issue comes with a copy of The Hometown Hero, our little town's newsletter, and it's only $8. $8? Where can I get it, Gary? You can order a copy of Town & County on the internet at storeenvy slash Comics. Oh, there's your breakfast, Gary. Thanks, Mary Ann. Ah, nothing like a cup of coffee and a good comic book. The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29, as she travels the ruined world finding ways to survive and help humanity while dealing with the eminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky. Her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated waste Land? Every issue can be read for free on BusterKegel.com comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but, you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out. Now, back to our program. And welcome back from the break today. Uh, long time making guest here on the show. We've got Pat Alicio from uh, Philly. Well, I don't know if you're from Philly, but you're based in Philly right now, correct? Yeah, I lived here for 17 years. I'm from Pen- you can say I'm from Pennsylvania. Yeah, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, you might know Pat from his work over at Strangers Fanzine and self-published work. He's also showed up uh, in Screwjob. That was uh, when I first ran uh, into his work. Uh, most recently published Wrestling 2-in-1, uh, the Zonekeeper Collection. Had a strip in uh, Vacuum Decay. I'm probably forgetting something here. Delphinium, I think I had written down as well. Yeah, that's the, the new one. Hell yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, actually, we're going to kind of talk about it all. But uh, I guess first and foremost, uh, we always kind of lob it up here. Uh, how you doing? dude i'm doing all right you know a little getting over the holiday or getting ready for the holiday season i guess right yeah like fucking thanksgiving ends and it's like i gotta do the same bullshit in three weeks yeah well for me it's always just like money issues it's always comes this time of year yeah 
are you, uh, that's kind of interesting. So do you mean like as far as like bringing income in as an artist or do you mean because you're spending on everybody else for gifts or a combination of both? Uh, I pretty guess. much both. I mean, <laughs> for for my day job, I do freelance teaching and oh, okay. I have off for uh, I get off for like a long time. I'm, I'm going to get off. I'm going to work like one day a week uh, for most of the month up until like, you know, the week before Christmas, but I don't come back for till like uh mid January. I have always had this like long break and it's like the same time of year that I uh you know need to buy presents and all that stuff. For sure. So I mean it's kind of weird because like I do feel like you know we're approaching the holiday season and this is the time when like uh everybody's kind of like, oh let's you know do commissions and uh you know because it is kind of hard like I guess if you're a freelance artist to get people to spend their money on art. Well at least you know it seems that way when they have to like put their money elsewhere during this season. Do you all like have any kind of, you know, I guess this is kind of just getting off on a tangent, but <laughs> yeah, let's just I mean, talk about money problems immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, that's, that's the real shit though. But I mean, no, I mean yeah. like, I mean, do you all like kind of anticipate and prepare for this in advance or is it kind of just, you know, by the seat of your pants? I guess there's really no way it, it's all ebbs and flows. No rhyme or reason. Yeah. I mean, I got my, you know, I know my schedule because I make a lot of money in the summertime. So I try to save a lot of money in the summertime. And then, yeah, you know, now I, I have extra money. I can, uh, it's a cushion me this time of year. For sure. Yeah. It's all about a budget and out. So you did mention, you know, the, the new book here, Delphinium. Let's go ahead and get into that. Sure. Yeah. Is this self-published? I should have done more research here. I believe it's self-published, right? Uh, no, Strangers uh, fanzine. Uh, oh, Strangers out. did this one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You did a uh, Cole County there before, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah, that, great uh, comic. It's like a horror comic from like a year ago, two years ago. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I saw it on your site, so I didn't know if it was like a, I thought it was self-published, but um, cool. So this is the second book you've done over there with Eddie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. And it, I did notice on the cover that it said uh, part one. Uh, how many installments you planning on this being? Uh, well, uh, it definitely two. It was like ideally a two-part story, but I have a very open ending, you know? So maybe three or four. But definitely okay. two. I, yeah, I wrote it out as a two, but then like as I'm finishing up the, I'm almost done uh, drawing volume two right now, and it, you know it's a, uh, you know very open. I don't want to spoil anything, but it has an open ending, I guess. Put it that way. So right on. I could make a third, maybe we'll see. Are you doing the future issues over at Strangers as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said I'll definitely do a two part story, yeah. but I have a, uh, you know, oh, I always got a, a list of other comics I want to do after this too as well. So I don't know if I'll, I'll jump right into a third book of it after I draw this. I have a couple other things I want to do. Well, you are a workhorse. I mean, I feel like you're constantly working on something and you've always got something out. I feel like there's not a season that goes by that I don't see a Pat Alizio book. And then you also, you know, I was subscribed to the Zone Keeper subscription series. So in addition to, you know, the regular books, you were also doing, uh, you know, a subscription based comic as well. So, I mean, you're constantly just working and pumping out stuff. Are you just is that just are you just go, 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 go at all times? Or do you kind of have more of a meticulous way that you approach all this stuff? Uh, yeah, I guess I am kind of just go, go. Because I do a, a monthly newsletter, too, uh, that I've done all year this year. And then I just promoted I'm going to do another subscription next year aside from my other books. But yeah, I always just try to have kind of like a bigger, a bigger idea type of book like Delphinium. And then at the same time, I do like a kind of a weirder kind of a, you know, more abstract book that I'll self-publish on the side when I'm always like working on something bigger. So I've just always had at least two things going at once. Like that's just the way I've always been. So like, looks like I'm doing a lot of, 
well, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But I always got two things going at once, so always got multiple uh, pots on the stove. Now, as far as like, you know, getting your stuff done, I guess to kind of talk about how the sausage is made, do you set like a schedule for yourself or are you just kind of like disciplined enough to know I'm going to get this stuff done? I mean, I set a schedule for myself, but I like never really stick to it. And I always, you know, break my own deadlines all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I try to be schedule and meticulous about it. But, you know, it's the same thing like when I write in a lot of my books too. I just know I'm going to you know, add in six or seven pages or I'll get to page five and you're like, you know what, after this page, there's going to be two other pages that are really going to be pages six and seven. So I always, I'll write a script that's like 24 pages, but I know the end is going to be 32 pages, but I don't really know when I'm going to add in filler pages or like think that I need another sequence. Yeah, I forget your question already. No, you're okay. Just just the approach to the workload and whatnot. You oh, know, yeah. you pretty much answered the question though. So, sure. uh, JB, you got any process stuff while we're here? Yeah, what's your process like? <laughs> <laughs> what's that process like, Pat? My pro- like, uh, <laughs> let me think. I don't. Know. I guess just like a traditional kind of process. I'll I'll, I'll write a script and then. Uh, thumbnail and then pencil it and then ink it oh so you're like you're you're pretty like uh old school then yeah going pretty straightforward yeah then i put it in photoshop and i'll color it and put it together there and then i uh print it so is the only digital stuff coloring uh yeah sometimes i'll add in collage stuff here and there but yeah mostly just for coloring i I have like original pages i mean yeah sometimes i do i've been doing like backgrounds like a lot of the backgrounds in delphinium are like done in photoshop so like those original pages, they'll just have like the character and stuff, but just like with white background and I do all that stuff there. But yeah, I mainly draw, hand draw all my shit. And so I have a, I, I feel like I remember reading some older stories and the color elements almost felt like they were done on paper and then scanned in and then, uh, you know, messed with digitally or was that not the case? That that's exactly the case. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like with my books, uh, survive. I'm survive 300 millions yeah well that's why i do more shit in photoshop now because th- those books that i put out uh survive 300 million with retrofit yeah each of those pages had like a drawing page and then three pieces of like, vellum on top of it so each yeah. page i had to scan in four pieces of paper oh so, okay, so, okay. That makes and then sense. i was just like man this is like fucking hundreds of sheets of it was just this is stupid so then i just <laughs> i do all that shit just like in photoshop pure photoshop now with my wacom tablet and like or I'll just draw with my mouse a lot, too. I'll just be sloppy about it. True. Okay. Okay. All right. I want to talk wrestling as well. Are you still watching, Pat? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm vicariously. I watch uh, wrestling. I mean, I watch. I feel okay. like I watch more wrestling clips online just yeah. instead of like whole right. shows. But I, I did, uh, you know, I watch AEW and WWE pay-per-views. I don't necessarily watch them every week. Hell yeah. Well, we'll get into that here in a little bit then. Because I know your uh, subject matter kind of, uh, you know, goes in that way. Yeah. All right. So before we get into, I guess, like the historical part, uh, you got any more process shit, JB? Or you? Uh, I was gonna say I could add in like when in Grid Observer, a lot of that stuff was uh, hand cut collage too. So oh like, shit! Cause, okay. Because that's black and white. Like all that was original. Like I drew that like in the woods, like literally, because I was like peak COVID and I moved to the woods, and that's just oh, no all like glue stick and like Xerox machine shit that I would like fuck with, and, like cut up and put on the paper. So you were doing like the old school, like moving the paper while it was being copied type shit? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I love doing okay. that. Okay, xerography, just messing with Xerox machines, and like uh, to get perfect circles, I, I use like a, a button uh, puncher. Oh, okay. Damn, so, you really are an old school pro. <laughs> yeah, like so all the all the perfect circles that are like weird things in my book, uh, Grid Observer, and some of my other stuff. Uh, it's okay. just it's just a button puncher, so that's a fun thing to do. Make weird xeroxes and just punch circles, and some of them look cool. So, do you have a Xerox machine? I have access to one. Okay, gotcha. Because you mentioned it was during COVID, so I didn't know if you like had one during lockdown or something like that. So you did say you went to the woods. Uh, were you just like, I gotta get the fuck out? Yeah, man. Philly was a fucking shithole peak COVID summer 2020. So yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so when you went out there, was it just like, were you completely off the grid or were you still, you know, plugged into the internet and whatnot? Uh, we actually, well, we were pretty up the grid. I mean, you know, it was like, it was my partner's dad has land up there. We bought a, a shitty trailer. We gutted it. And uh, so we just lived in the side of this mountain. So yeah, we had like a well and we, we like, he gave us electricity and, um, uh, we ended up like most of the summer we didn't have internet, but partway through the summer we literally got dial-up internet through a phone line. Oh fuck! Yeah. Like it was like in the middle of like it was in the Finger Lakes of upstate New York is the region wine country, very like uh, MAGAville. But we we're you know we didn't really go to town much. So you know one thing that I feel like with comics especially like I feel like you've always got to be posting or maybe you don't always have to be but that feeling of I've always got to be posting and sharing something is definitely present was that really hard for you to adapt you know you completely you know went to this you know desolate location away from everything made sure to you know I guess stay offline until you know you did get online I guess eventually but even then it wasn't the same experience like was that any kind of shock or was it kind of refreshing and nice to not have to play the game I guess uh it was I mean I made it work you know I planned stuff out ahead of time because that was right when I was doing my grid observer uh subscription um mm -hmm. so I figured it out and you know I even printed one of the books up there um but yeah, it was different. I mean, always be posted. I mean, we would go down to the lake and uh, to like the yacht club, which it sounds funny to say we're hanging out at a yacht club, but uh, it's just, you know, a big plot of land marina that we would have free access to just go swim in there and whatnot. And they had wireless internet. So hell yeah, I posted online a few times when I was in the woods. So you do a subscription, uh, you know, comic, and you're getting ready to start it back up. Do you do Patreon as well or nah? I mean, I I have one, but, you know, I don't really promote it much. I've had one for like five, six years. You could you can sign up for my Patreon. I do update it. Uh, but that was just a, a, a hustle I wasn't into doing. Well, the reason why I'm asking is, you know, I like that you do the, you know, old school kind of subscription service. But also, you know, like a lot of people, you know, us included, do that via uh, Patreon. You know, you're like, it's easy to keep track of. Do you feel like, have you ever done any kind of physical tier on your Patreon before to compare it to? Uh, no, but the thing is like, so I have a subscription model where I just posted about it today where, you know, I'm, I'm having, uh, you can sign up for 2023 right now, which will be four comics and six newsletters, and like four little zines throughout the year. But for me, it's just easier because like you get all the money right away and you have the list, the name for all year long versus if you have Patreon, people come and go month to month. So like each month you have a different 
people you got to send it to. And right. I don't know. That's, it just seemed like more of a hassle. Like, why don't you just you pay me once and then you get it all year long? And then just you could decide if you want to buy it again next year. But I'm not, I don't want to have like too many like ebb and flow of different people and addresses I have to keep track of every year. Like I got it down to, I print out the names and then it's just one file and I add a name when I get a name to it. And then that's that. Yeah. So you pretty much answered any kind of question I would have had. I was just going to talk about, you know, like the pros and cons versus that. So uh, in your experience, that's a better uh, system. And honestly, it sounds like it's more streamlined. Because like you said, the Patreon, you do have to deal with like monthly, you know, additions and subtractions as well. And it is all up front. So you do do the subscription service. Can people sign up like midway through and you just send them everything you've got? Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I did uh, this year up until like mid-November because I was like, all right, if you sign up now, like you just get like all the stuff at once and then one more. So I'm just pushing. You can subscribe for all of 2023. At the end of the year, after I put out December's issue of the newsletter... I'm going to sell packs of what you can buy all 12 at once because Sick. It, because it is like uh, one, on one side of my newsletter, it's like a, a serialized comic. And then the other side is, you know, my rants and raves and bullshit and reviews and interviews and all that kind of stuff. So it is like a 12 page comic at the end of the year. So I'll be selling that once that's You're doing the done. 11 by 17. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I think that's like an awesome format that I've like noticed a couple people start to do like you're doing it. CF is doing it now, uh, Santoro. It is kind of cool because like you said, at the end of the year, you do get like a full comic. And then on the other side, you kind of do whatever you want, you know, rants, raves, whatever you want to do. Or, I mean, I guess you could even do more comics. Uh, someone else does that. Oh, Andy Wyland. My um, friend and uh, I hope Derek Jones does that where his is just comics. Yeah, see, like, and I think it's like such a great, cool fucking format. Like, I hope we see more of it. Honestly, like it's such a cool way to consume comics, like because it kind of has that newspaper feel, you know, like I guess it is a newsletter, but, you know, you open it up and it's just like this giant fucking thing. So, well, I think of it as like uh, the Dave, uh, Dave Meltzer type of thing. Oh, yeah. That's just like a sheet. I've never really seen it in real life, but it, it's just like uh, a lot of them are just one or two sheets. Right. And it's just really small print. I've never seen one, but I figured that they would be like pamphlets just because Dave writes so much. But like I said, I've never seen one. So I've seen a picture on the internet, but I know like his thing is like do the sm like do the smallest type you can. Like the type that I have is eight, which you know most people regular documents are either twelve or fourteen point. Right. So mine's really small, so I could just like write a lot of shit. So I definitely got that from Dave Meltzer. But yeah, just. Yeah, you know, I also just got to say Frank Santoro is like the one that, as far as I know, reinvented this format and I took it from him. So I'm just going to give him I credit. I thought he might have been first with like the hype pup stuff, but I didn't know if, you know, he if somebody else had done it. So I didn't want to say it on record. But yeah, if you say it, then I agree. Yeah. I mean, I asked his permission and he's the one that gave me the idea to do because in hype pup, it's just random comic by Connor Williamson in the back. But when, right. I, when I told him I was going to do it, he's like, you should just make uh, a serialized story. So at the end of the year, you have a 12 page comic. I was like, OK, so also give him props for telling me uh, how to do it right. Did you do time at the Santoro school? No, but I know him. You know, he's a yeah. great guy. I've, I've known him for, a, you know, over a decade now and I've drank with him and whatnot. So hell yeah, we broke bread. Yeah, I only met him once at a show, but uh, he's, uh, I think, uh, you know, he has some polarizing takes to people in the community, but all in all, uh, I think Santoro rocks, and I'm glad he's around. Yeah, back in the, like, 10 years ago, 
he brought around Jaime Hernandez to my studio. We throw a bi- we threw a big party, and he had like a little Comic Con, and uh, it was like a warehouse art collective. So it was uh, a really weird scene. And he brought Jaime Hernandez to this like keg party, little comics, and like all the local cartoonists there. That fucking rocks! Hell yeah! Uh, who are your guys? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Box, Brian Box Brown and, uh, Ian Harker are my two, they're my two guys and Roger Bignon and a new, oh, he fucking stress, uh, I don't know, I Bignon, yeah, dude. Yeah, those are dudes I hang out with. But me, me, Box and Ian, we have a, a group chat, so we're the, we're the boys that we complain about our lives together. Is Box still in Philly? Yeah. Give us a, uh, Box scoop. Is, uh, Retrofit still around or is it done? Um, well, last I heard is, is, is pretty much, it's done. It was like, so Jared, his last name, I slips me right now, but he was the one, he runs Big Planet Comics in DC. Uh-huh. So he bought out Box, you know, for the last few years of retrofit. But uh, as far as I know, they're done. When I talked to him last, he was just like, I'm too busy, you know, to do that stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'll make another book. I don't know. Maybe. And it's just, he had a table at SPX. But okay. you know, nothing new. Was the newest thing was the stuff from 2018. Because I was supposed to originally put out seven volumes of Survive 300 Million, and then he stopped publishing. And I was like partway through volume three, and then uh, I just stopped, gave up on it. No plans to revisit that? Nope. Hell yeah. Then I made Grid Observer and other books since then, so I don't know. Do you miss Hidden Fortress? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was another, there's an unreleased issue of issue five. Oh, yeah, I know. There's a lot of unreleased stuff. You're I know. About I, Screwjob? I did, a, I did a 44-page book for him that never got put out either. Oh, shit. Do you still it, have it? It's on it? my website. If you guys could look at my website, it's called Rota Derp, which is the word predator backwards. Okay. It, it was based after the movie Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I think I remember seeing parts of this story. Yeah, I posted it online a whole bunch because I was like, yeah. I knew it was never going to get printed. I'm not trying to get it published anywhere at this point. You know, it's I don't really think it looks that good. Looking back mm-hmm. on it now, I drew it in 2000, whatever that was, 17. But yeah, it was a bummer. I did a cool Jushin Liger comic for the unreleased screw job. Damn. I'm still holding out hope that that comes out. I don't think it's ever happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe someone could talk him into it. Paul, if you're listening, you know, people are clamoring for the issue of Screwjob. I'll link them. Just finish it. End of an era, baby. All righty. So, you know, we kind of talked what you've got cooking right now, but I do want to kind of back it up. And uh, Screwjob, honestly, you know, Blake Sims is, uh, you know, a good friend of the show and one of my, you know, personal best friends and uh, known him for a while. And my exposure to a lot of like underground comics came from him, including him just being in Screwjob and him being like, yeah, I'm in this. And, you know, I found JB. I found you. Box Brown. I'm trying to think. There's so many. Josh Bayer. There's so many awesome creators that had work in that. But obviously, you know, Screwjob was such a well-defined project. It felt very put together that you obviously were around before that. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, your background, your history, where you came from. Um, so like growing up, were you into comics like as a kid? Yeah, I loved it. I, I always wanted to make comics ever since I was a little kid. It's the first thing I wanted okay. to do. So, yeah, I grew up reading comics. And then, uh, yeah, I liked wrestling at one point, horror movies, that kind of bullshit, the early internet. So are you, you were born in the 80s? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, 
the stuff you were growing up reading, what were you getting? Were you doing the Marvel and DC stuff? Were you like an Archie kid? Uh, I was like only Marvel. Like I refused anything else. I liked, I mean, I really liked Spider-Man, like Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man, Mark Bagley, Spider-Man uh-huh. loved. I mean, I really loved Mark Bagley when I was a, like a kid, kid, like in elementary school. I'm talking about, you know, Maximum Carnage came out when I was that age. I think I, I remember thinking that was the coolest fucking thing ever maximum carnage and they have the snes game oh yeah that game fucking rocked the side scroller yeah x-men you know just like marvel comics and then i got by the time i got into high school i started liking alternative comics and stuff like that fanographics so were you did you have a shop or were you like buying it at like a, a convenience store type deal uh a little bit of both i mean i'm from originally i grew up in lancaster pennsylvania Okay. There's a lot of Turkey Hill is the store there. You know, they make ice cream and iced tea, which people might recognize, but like every convenience store when I was a kid. Yeah. Now that you told me what they make, I'm like, yep, I got it. Yeah. It's from Lancaster. Like they like have them. They, they're not so much anymore, but they've they have, like those street I grew up on. There was four different Turkey Hills that we could just walk to when we were kids and that sold comics. And I remember buying comics there, but I would say. Oh, so it's like a, a store you can go to. It's, as like well. a, it's like a gas station, like a, you know, a convenience store. They used to have magazine okay. racks and they would have a couple comics in there. Hell yeah. But I used to go to a comic store when I was a kid. I used to go the, there's two comic stores in Lancaster growing up. One of them doesn't exist anymore, but the it was uh, called Captain Bluehead. It was a church basement, and I'm sure all those comics are just still in that basement right now, so that the store isn't around anymore. And then the other one's like kind of just a regular comic book shop. That's a trip. So like, it was an actual like active church, or was it yeah, like inactive? I remember going there on Sundays, and it was like a Baptist church, and they were like singing and like stomping on the floor. I was in the basement. I was like, oh my god! Like, cause I I, I went to Catholic church when I was a little kid. So there was no like singing and stomping and stuff. And I was like, what kind of church is that? Kind of blew my mind uh, at the time. But it was like, you know, it was just like a bunch of rooms in a basement with like tons of long boxes, like cardboard cutouts of like Elvira, like shit like that. Damn, that that had to have been crazy for the Christians to see (laughs) Elvira in the church. Yeah, I remember remember that when I was a kid. I was like, oh man, who's this woman with like giant boobs? And I'm like looking for Spider-Man comics. Hell yeah. So were you like a like a monthly reader? Like, you know, you mentioned the Maximum Carnage storyline. Like, were you like, I got to get the next issue? Or was it kind of just like what you can get your hands on? No, I was a monthly reader. Definitely. I, I used to get subscriptions when I was a kid. So I have like, oh, okay. like they would mail it to you. And I still have all the backing boards. Like they, they had backing boards. Like they would send it to you in like a, a comic, like a plastic thing you had to open up. And that had a comic backing board on it, which had your name on the address and like a picture of Spider-Man on it. So, okay. So I've always wondered like if they just like came folded in the mailbox and like beat to shit because, you know, sometimes. you don't really see that. Yeah, yeah, they would. I mean, my mailman would definitely like fold it up with like, you know, magazines and shit. I'm like, this is like a piece of cardboard. Don't fold a piece of cardboard. What are you doing? Like, yeah, no, so it's pretty insane. Like, I think you can actually if you read the fine print of like big two comics, I think you can still subscribe, but they don't really advertise it like they used to. I think they try to get you to go to the shop now. Yeah. But. It'd be fucking weird to like get, I don't know, like I can't like nowadays I can't picture like getting a Marvel or a DC book in the mail every month. It'd just be a weird experience. They would, they would fuck it up a lot too. I remember I got a, a free subscription to like uh, the Avengers at one point, which I never paid for. Hell yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'll read this. I, I didn't like right. it, but <laughs> sure. 
So uh, did you take any kind of, you know, you mentioned getting into alternative comics in high school. Uh, what was the, was it like uh, just picking it up off the rack? Do you have a friend that was just like, yeah, you should check this shit out instead? Uh, I figured out, it's, it's very embarrassing now saying it, but you know, I, when I was a kid, I used to really like Kevin Smith movies and he put out Clerks, the comic book. So I was yeah. in like the Jay and Silent Bob series and both those were put out by Odie Press. Yeah. And the Chasing Dogma book. Yeah, and then they put out, and then so then I got a bunch of issues of Oni Double Feature. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read that, but it was like an anthology, but like they're all bangers. Like from there, I learned who Bill Sinkovich was, and then I got a bunch of his books, and then Paul Pope and Mike Allred was in those books. I forget. A bunch of other, there's only like eight issues of it. Jim Mafood, I really liked a lot. And then it just kind of snowballed from there, too. Yeah, Yeah, right. Now, did you pursue any kind of, uh, you know, higher education in art or anything like that post high school? Yeah, I went to art school. Okay. Uh, did you study comics or what did you study there? No, they didn't really. When I was in art school, they didn't really have comics as a major. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a lot more common now. I just, I studied illustration. Right, but, right. You know, none of my teachers really knew or understood comics. I remember showing my senior teacher, Kramer's Ergot uh, 5, I think it was, and showing him CF. And there's like these like weird, that's the one where he has like this, I don't know if you guys are, your listeners know what, in Kramer's got 5, CF has a comic that's like watercolor, but it's on like yellowed paper and they're like kind of raw scans. And I remember showing it to my teacher and he was just ripped it apart. He's like, what is this shit? They don't even know, <laughs> they're like, well, who would want to read this? Like, they, they don't even know how to like clean up their pages. Like, why would you, want to, like, this looks so bad. He just like was flipping through all of Kramer's got 5 and was just like ripping it apart. And then I remember told him, I was like, well, I'd like to make a comic for Fanagraphics. And he's like, they pay peanuts. They don't pay you at all. You got to get a page rate. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, there is something, I guess, to what he was saying. But also, yeah. like, yeah, you know, but also at the end of the day, like, in our neck of the woods, what's a page rate, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, I went to college. I learned, like, the s- skills and stuff. But, like, it wasn't very, uh, none of my teachers, like, got what i did necessarily i was the first student there that um i did a comic of course as my senior thesis and it was very like pornographic i used to do really kind of transgressive stuff and it was the first uh thing i had to have a meeting with the dean and like all the teachers and shit and they had to put up all these warning signs ahead of it so like whatever kids wouldn't see it because people's families were going to be there but it was like a big deal at uh my college at the time so did you get any kind of kickback from any, uh, you know, attendees of the show or whatever that it was displayed in? No, I mean, it was just like, you know, it was my college senior thesis. And, you know, like my parents yeah. and shit were there. Like, it was like, oh, let's check out my kid who just graduated college. Like, you know, it's not like who goes to a, a, a senior thesis show if you don't go to the school. Right. Pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> Hell Yeah. So, um, were you putting out like mini comics or anything like that while you were in college? Uh, yeah. I mean, I started putting out mini comics when I was in high school and I oh, okay. continued to do it throughout college. You know, I put out like almost one, one a semester, basically. I was trying to do that. So backing up to the high school stuff, were you printing this stuff for consumption or just like a couple copies here and there for you and a couple buddies? I made a bunch. I used to, I mean, I wrote about it a bit in my in my newsletter at one point, but me and my friends, we would steal so many copies from Staples because back then they used to have write your own receipt, 
which sounds like silly now, but we would pay for like $3, but we would like walk away with like a giant box of thousands and thousands of prints. And we put out a bunch of uh, zines then. And then we started throwing like local concerts and like hardcore shows at the uh, Jewish Community Center. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would call them like zine release shows. So I would have all these, I would come up with these zines and like kind of forcibly sell like 200 copies to all these people going to like hardcore shows. Smart, honestly. Yeah, all when I was like 16 and 17. Yeah. Did you get any kind of a following from that? Uh, No, (laughs) not really. (laughs) As far as I know, nobody is showing up being like, hey, I have these comics you made when you were in high school. But (laughs) no, I mean, I'm sure some of my friends I don't really talk to that were in those zines, they probably, you know, remember it or remember who I am at least. Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, growing up, the first thing you ever wanted to do was make comics. And obviously it's still what you do and you were making them through high school, you know, so it's, it's always been there. When did the switch, you know, flip where you were like, okay, I'm like, I'm in, I'm fully in. Like, was that in high school or was it, you know, post art school? You're like, this is what I love. I'm going to continue to do this. Like, when did you decide to go all in on it? Uh, I guess like shortly after college when I realized, I mean, I went to college for illustration and I was like, oh, okay, I'll be like, I'll do magazine covers and whatever, band albums and stuff. And and that'll be my day job and then I'll draw comics too. But, you know, I would never really became a proper illustrator. So comics were mainly the main type of art form I did after college. I mean, I've always wanted to do it and then I've, you know, all throughout my 20s, I worked as a chef. And then, you know, I also worked as a teacher too. And then it wasn't until I was like 30 when I was like, all right, I'm never, I'm done working in the kitchen. I'm only going to have art related jobs from then on. So I've been like an art teacher since then, which is kind of my day job. But, you know, it's at least I'm using my art degree is the way I think about it. But yeah, I guess, you know, comic, when I, you know, meet people, I'll say, yeah, I draw comics. I don't really want to explain to them my day job as a, a teacher, but yeah, you know. I identify as a cartoonist first in my career path. Yeah. So off topic, I also kicked around restaurants for like a decade. What do you think of the bear, the Hulu show, the bear? Did you watch it? No, I haven't watched it. And like, I don't want to watch it. Dude. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) it's for people that have like chef life knuckle tats. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't really like, I didn't, you know, it's like, I feel like I've been in and around like other subcultures that is just like, I don't want to be like that at all. <laughs> like I've met yeah. enough like dudes that went to culinary school that like smoke like two packs a day and do cocaine all the time and just yeah. like it's just <laughs> you know like I don't it's like cool I'll like hang out with you maybe once or twice but you like spend your whole paycheck like at the bar you work at yeah I don't know yeah it's a vicious cycle uh it's and people just get stuck in it like you said uh and I guess the show does kind of show that but no I thought the show was very uh somebody read an Anthony Bourdain book once and uh you know wanted to become a chef uh, and they made a TV show about it. But um, yeah, no, I just wanted to get some yeah thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I do like cooking. I enjoy cooking and I see the artistic quality in it and the kind of cultural impact and how to share cultures and stuff through, you know, the art of cooking and whatnot. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not that into the scene or whatever. Now, are you teaching comic stuff or? Yeah, I teach. I've always, I've taught adult comic classes since 2014 oh wow okay so i feel like i have like a lot of like decent students out there adult students uh but i teach yeah i I teach comics to kids too but i also teach just like a ton of just kid art classes i was teaching a painting class to kindergartners earlier today you know 
Okay. So it's just like general, like I'll just take any kind of art teaching job. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be comics. I could teach it all. So are these like little one-off gigs or are they like, uh, are you like signing on for like semesters at a time? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I sign contracts that are just like for 10 weeks at a time, but it's like the same places I work. Like I got for, for years and years and years. I work at this place called Fleischer Art Memorial in Philadelphia for over 10 years now. And I work at this other place called Arts League, University City Arts League, both of which have both adult and like kid uh, art classes. So I always do decide to do those for semesters. I'll teach like eight to 12 classes a semester. But sometimes they put me in schools. You know, I teach at like elementary schools or middle schools and charter schools and stuff here and there during the day. All sorts of shit. It's like, you know, when I tell people, it's like, yeah, I'm a freelance teacher. Like, well, what does that mean exactly? It's like, I don't work in like, you know, I'm not in the public school or anything like that. I just, right. and every semester is different. And in the summer, I do summer camps too. And that's where I make the most money. So I work every day, all day long doing art camps and stuff. And you're just like kind of just connected at this point. You kind of just have like a schedule like, oh, I know they need work here at this time. I need work, you know, or they need work at this time. Yeah, I mean, at this point in my career, like, I just get people ask, just, you know, people just ask me to do jobs right on all the time, Hell so yeah. I don't really have to look for work very often, for teaching, that is. Right, right. What's your go-to meal to cook? Um, hmm. Or what do you think you're, like, the best at? Oh, God, these are really tough questions. Kind of an answer for both, I guess, but I, I always make leftover patties which is just whatever I ate last night and I uh, fry it up with, you know, some starch and flour and uh, salt and make basically potato pancakes, but with my leftovers of whatever I hmm. ate the night before. And it could be something weird. Like I have like, you know, even like ramen with like broccoli and tofu, you just put it in a blender till it's paste. You mix it with like flour and uh, put like an egg in there too. And then you can just make these like big, Kind of, I mean, I just, I, I ripped, ripped it off of potato latka recipe. Right. But just instead of potato, just leftover paste. Space food. Yes. I like, Hell yeah. yeah. I like frying shit, you know. I like cooking so, with coconut uh, milk a lot, too. Are you veggie? A vegetarian? Vegan? I am, yes, I am vegetarian. Okay. So, but if somebody were to come to your house and you had to make them food are you making them a uh, patty or are you gonna throw it down on something else uh i mean i have dinner parties let me you know i you know i usually make some sort of a curry coconut curry big noodle bowl or i'll do i mean i, I make a really good mac and cheese that has okay. like 20 different types of cheeses in it it's like really crispy with you know scallions and crispy onions and stuff you know, I, I cook a lot of Brussels sprouts a lot. I, I make a lot of good sauces for Brussels sprouts, I guess. I don't know. I could go. I just try to think of my diet. I eat onions all the time. I cook, eat, make eggs all the time. I used to, I worked as a, uh, like an early morning chef one time for like six months or so. And we would have to do like 200 eggs a day. And we, Fun, we had like yeah. uh, eight different, or yeah, I think it's eight different ways to make an egg. Yeah, there's poached, over easy, over medium, over hard, scrambled, uh, Omelette. Omelette, yeah. Hard boiled. Hard boiled, soft boiled, yeah. Poached is the weird one. You have to, you, yeah. You, yeah, that's the, that was the, the one. The slotted that, spoon, right? Yeah. And like over over medium is kind of hard to do, like real easy over medium. And then yeah, because it, it's like, it's just like, it's you got to hit that sweet spot. You got to, because you have to flip the yolk without breaking it. That's, yes. That's the difficult part, but I got really good at that at that time. Hell yeah. Yeah, I still eat eggs every day. 
Fuck yeah. I stand for eggs. Yeah, good source of protein. All right, this is egg chat. <laughs> <laughs> I always go over easy when I order at a restaurant. What do y'all do? Sunny side wait, up. Wait. Sunny side up. Un- unless I'm at Waffle House, I do scrambled with cheese. Oh, I mm. asked I asked the chef. I say, what's your preferred uh, egg? <laughs> what's your oh, egg okay. of the day? <laughs> what are you not going to fuck up, brother? <laughs> yeah, it depends. I got a lot of omelets. I, I definitely love omelets, but over medium is good to, to dip your bread in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it, wait, so is uh, sunny side up over easy? No, there is a difference. Yeah. There sunny is, side yeah, up is you like it. kind of fried. You never flip it. You just fucking kind of fry the bottom. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the top can kind of be more runny and sometimes it's a little raw. But the what I do is sometimes I'll just cover the pan yeah. and you kind of get an over easy sunny side up hybrid. Yes. Because the steam cooks the top. That's what I, that, that's my go-to. Yeah. That's the move. If I'm cooking at home. Yeah. I would like to learn how to poach an egg properly, but it feels like. I don't know. It's a lot of steps. <laughs> it's just I don't think not it's, even it's worth, not worth it. it. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. not worth it. Yeah. 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 It's cool, like, if you're making, like, a, a Benedict or something, you know? Like, that's the only time you need a poached egg. But even then, you know, it'd, it'd be just as fine, in my opinion, with an over-easy. But poached is nice. Well, uh, you guys want to get into some Graps chat for a second? Yes, sir. All right. So, Pat, one of your uh, recent books that just came out, um, your site says it's pre-order, but I thought I saw some kicking around somewhere. Oh, it's whoops! I should change that on my site. It's definitely you could buy it. Yeah the the uh, the wrestling two in one book, which has uh, yeah. an Onita story as well as uh, a Road Warriors story. So obviously, you know those are both kind of uh, older wrestlers. Yeah. Are uh, and I don't know if it's going to make uh, air, but you did say you kind of pay attention to AEW and WWE. But have you been like a lifer with it, or have you kind of went in and out? Uh, I've been in and out. I mean, yeah. I. I loved it when I was in middle school. Like same, you know, yeah. when I was in middle school, it was like you know, ninety eight, ninety nine. I watched like all those Raws, like Stone Cold and The Rock, and Mankind. So I was like of that generation, like at the perfect age of like South Park shirts and DX shirts, getting banned from school. And then you know, by the time I was in high school, I stopped watching it, and I kind of stopped giving a shit about it for a long time. Not until. 2013 or 14 when box wrote the andre the giant book he was like yo there's like a bunch of wrestling shows in philly we should go and then we just started to go because i live right by the ecw arena like within walking within walking distance of that place and they have like wrestling shows every week oh okay so yeah yeah, a bunch so we went there so you've been there yeah it's they kind of redid they don't have like bleacher stadiums anymore the way they used to when you see it like in, in old ECW tapes or whatever, but they do a lot of ring of honor shows there. It's, it's all right. You know, it's just kind of like a, I mean, yeah, it's kind of fancy or not fancy, but they do have like, they do, they do wrestling and like cage matches and stuff. But every other night of the week they do like, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how much of like a uh, Mexican people you have living in your, where you guys live, but there's like a, a big population in South uh, Philly. And they always have these posters everywhere that you might see where they're like crazy neon colors. And there's like six bands on it. And each band has like 10 guys and they're all wearing matching cowboy hats. And it's like crazy big fonts. Uh, people from Philadelphia will know what I'm talking about, but it's a very unique kind of graphic design style. But yeah, they do those shows at the ECW arena where there's like 10 Mexican bands that are just like a party all day long. That rules. Yeah. So it's a, it's a versatile space. Hell yeah. So uh, what are you what are you liking 
in uh current wrestling we were uh just uh what do we we just watched some oh we were watching uh or no jb wasn't here i watched survivor series recently yeah but, that was uh, I, I did watch i mean i kind of watch i like half-heartedly watch it i can only draw at the, at the same time it's that's kind of, i play video games or draw while i'm fucking <laughs> yeah watching wrestling yeah i did watch survivor series last night but i couldn't even tell you if, who even wrestled i mean what it was roman reigns and his crew won in that big cage match i mean that was all yeah stupid I don't know. It's wrestling is like, I mean, I like it. I watch it, but like, if you're like, what, what's good wrestling? I'm like, uh, I kind of think it all sucks, but I still watch it anyways. Yeah. I mean, some of the AEW stuff is cool. I mean, the whole drama with CM Punk was just like great. I, I mean, I feel like I, I like that stuff more than actually wrestling itself. Yeah. Like the backstage stuff. But yeah. Just the, yeah. AEW is like a fucking circus right now. It kind of rocks. Yeah. You think the punk stuff's a work? I think it's like I think it was real, but I, I see him coming back. You think he's gonna come back? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking, I was like, well, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it. I don't think it's a work at all. And I, he does seem like a fucking dick. Like in every other yeah. thing, interview, and <laughs> yeah. documentary of him, he always seems like an asshole. Yeah. So, because I remember when WWE put out a documentary when he was still working there, he just came off as like an asshole, even though he wasn't. We're like trying to do that, I guess, but dude, it was so cringe because I'll never forget. Like he was like my real friends, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. And he just like names all these people that he's like name dropping. I'm like, those people all fucking suck, dude. Yeah. That scene. Exactly. (laughs) When he said he likes that, he's like, oh, I hate all the guitars from Rancid. That's my friend. I'm just like, what? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, dude. So cheesy. (laughs) Get out of here. Anyone surprised that he has shitty taste in music, though, is really playing themselves. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, all wrestlers have terrible taste in music. Except Zack Sabre Jr. That guy actually has good taste in music. So much so that uh, I think there was like a, I mean, you know, whatever you think about Pitchfork. But Pitchfork actually wrote like, they wrote an article being like, this guy actually has like decent taste in music and listens to (laughs) shoegaze bands. And they like interviewed him about like what he listens to. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh Besides that, though, yeah, wrestling is just, like, the worst fuck. It's, like, the dumbest CTE-riddled motherfuckers with, like, the worst taste in music. Yeah, or, like, fucking Chris Jericho and shit. Yeah. God. It's so stupid when they sing, when people sing his song. Like, that's, like, the worst song. Like, why, why does everyone want to sing along to, like, this, like, shitty song for this, like, 50-something-year-old? I can't think of anything, like, worse than getting caught on AEW camera singing that song. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I, you know what, though? Admittedly, I'd probably be singing the song, and then once <laughs> I noticed the camera was on me, I'd be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, I'd do the, the Jonah Hill gif. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're at that part of the show where we cover listener questions. And as always, if you want to participate in the show with our guests, you can send questions to us at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. Or we put up little... Uh, questionnaire things on instagram you can follow us at gutter boys pod to uh, check that out or us personally uh but first question came from previous guest and uh friend of the show nate garcia patrick what did you have for breakfast today be honest uh today i mean usually i don't i I like breakfast but a lot of times i don't eat breakfast and i'll just eat like one thing later in the day but today i did get a nice bagel uh, everything bagel from this local Mexican bakery called Las Rosas, and they make the fucking best bagel. And it's hard for me to explain to people. I was like, you guys ever have like a Mexican bagel? Because they're really good. And they make the best bagels there. Las Rosas, South Philly. You do cream cheese? Just butter. Butter only. I do, li- okay. I do like cream cheese, though. I like And I like fancy cream cheese, too. Veggie cream cheese. Yeah. And but today was the butter day. You know? Strawberry cream cheese is probably my favorite flavored cream cheese. 
pretty basic pick, but I do enjoy it a lot. Interesting. You can always pour honey on it too. Putting salt on cream cheese is always good too. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. You're not vegan, right? Just vegetarian. Yeah, I love eggs. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, we <laughs> we did egg chat. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Instagram user Berth Heine asked Pat, "What's your best tweet composed on the toilet?" I mean, I don't make any good tweets at all. I'm not that good at Twitter, but the one, the only one that I can think of is one that I the only like good tweet I've had that more than like ten people liked is uh, the one I sent. I just said they should make a Gru omnibus book, which I think is true. A lot of people mm. like that. Reblog that. Just, I love Sergio Aragones. I think he's awesome. But you can't buy a big book of Gru, which you, I think you should. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, they only have like some, in the Epic put out some graphic novels of them. They're just like four issues in each one. But, you know, there's like hundred some issues of that. They should just have a big, you should be able to buy Gru easily. Hell yeah. I agree though. All righty. Instagram user, previous guest of the show, Alvesdagram, Ryan Alves said, top three favorite bad action movies. Um, I did think about this question. I mean, first of all, I don't think there's like, if there's a movie that I like, I don't think it's a bad movie because I like it. So, but I do understand what he's trying to say, but I also don't like calling stuff bad when it's like, I like this movie. It's not bad to me. But anyways, to answer that question, the, well, also this week, Albert, uh, Payun died. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, but he did the movie Cyborg and I really like yeah. that movie. And I based a lot of scenes and stuff in my one character uh, and survived 300 million after the movie Cyborg. And then also, I really like Commando with Arnold. I mean, I, I love, I really do love a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, but that's like my favorite of his like B movies, you know? I mean, he's done a lot of better movies than that, but, uh, you know, as far as like his bad movies, Commando is great. And, uh,. I don't know. What's the third one? Oh, I also really like uh, the Fist of the North Star live action movie from the 90s with all like American people. Oh, shit. I never saw Did that. You see that? Yeah. It's really good. It's, they have really good real life effects. Like uh, what are those called? Like uh, not computer. Practical effects. Practical effects. Yeah. When, when like people's head blows up and stuff and like he like pokes them with their fingers and puts holes in their chest and like just blood spews out of them like crazy <laughs> it's yeah. just like this cheesy cheesy like 90s dude with like a big mullet and then yeah, i don't know if you haven't seen that movie it's really good and it was ba- it was made in america yeah and there's like some like you'll recognize some of the character and uh, the character the actors the character actors in the background huh all right hell yeah probably have to download that one i can't see that one straight you, you can find it free on youtube i'm pretty sure okay it's, it's hell free yeah. on youtube it was straight to vhs like 1994 it's uh you know did they, it's, cool, it's cool as hell. Did they have white people uh, acting Asian and doing appropriation? I hope so. Uh, I don't think so. Boo. Maybe. I'd, I'd have to rewatch it. I don't even think they have any Asian people in it at all. <laughs> we took an L on that, JB. A win is a win. Yeah. They didn't represent us. They didn't represent the culture in it, JB. Maybe we yeah. shouldn't watch it. <laughs> hell yeah. All right. You got next question? All right, this is not a question. This is more of a shout-out. Friend of the show, Blake. Big Blake. What's up, Blake? He says, thanks, Pat, for getting me into Screwjob. Or or actually, hang on. Oh, thanks, Pat, for getting me into Screwjob. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, Shout-out to Blake. Yeah, Awesome cartoonist. Hell yeah. Next question, which is an actual question. Uh, Instagram user Grace Kale. What up, Grace? ask... What themes are you tired of exploring? How do you balance a horror vacuum in your work? 
Oh yeah. What themes have you not yet touched in your work that you want to? I don't know if there's any ones that themes that I'm like getting tired of doing. My main theme is just like a person getting lost and walking around. And I just, you know, I'll never get sick of that. But the next one I want to do that I haven't done yet is, I guess you can call it like, I call it a Kafka story because it's, there's a, you guys know Kurt Vonnegut, the sci-fi writer. He had, you could probably look it up online, but he wrote, he did a bunch of college uh, classes and he wrote a bunch of like blog posts and stuff in the early 2000s. And he had this thing about the seven types of stories. Uh, where it's like a chart. It's like the man walks up a hill, which is like you start off poor and you get rich and then you fall down the hill and then you get poor again. And like rags to riches, and like Romeo and Juliet, this and that. But there's one he called a Kafka story, which is like it just gets worse and worse and worse where you start out fine and then it gets worse and it never gets better. And then it's just a forever misery. Right. The book of Job effect. Yeah. So I have I have a script of a funny well to me it's funny but it's it's a sad story about like a, a, a italian american pizza man just gets bad for him is that uh something you're gonna work on or something yeah eventually sometime okay. next sometime next year but yeah that's the one thing i haven't done yet is like a really kind of just like purposely sad story yeah which is my next thing genre i want to do man falling down forever hell yeah sounds interesting Man getting hit in balls with football. Yes. Over yeah. and over again. On oh, repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, last question uh, came from Instagram user Andre RSC underscore collecting. I have a question for Pat. Will we get to see more of the zone keeper and grid observer characters and will they ever meet each other? Much love. Yes. And yes. They're, the Actually, the 2023 subscription Another promo for that is the story will try start to connect them a little bit. In Zonekeeper, there is a page in there when he's looking at all the different zone dimensions, and you can see Grid Observer and one of them sneakily in there. But they are like kind of like you know the premise of Zonekeeper is like there's all these different alternative dimensions, which is, he, he calls zones, and then uh, so Grid Observer is in one of those zones, and they're gonna fuck with them. But yeah, the 2023 subscription, there's a comic I'm doing called Prox. I can't I don't even know I could pronounce it in real life. It's just I just look up these words. It's like a math word, but it's proximal uh hunter is what it's gonna be called. And that that character just has to hunt down grid observer and then zonekeeper is gonna get involved. But yeah, not to spoil everything. But yeah, they're all gonna meet up next year's subscription comic. Hell yeah. So you kind of teed that up perfectly before we get out of here today. Where can people get your stuff? You know, we kind of talked about it throughout the show, but direct people to your stuff. Where can they find you online, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mainly post on Instagram at yeah, Dude Comics, uh, which has all my links to my web store where you can buy my comics and get subscriptions for a year round. I have a website that, you know, has a bunch of my old comics, just my name, Pat Alicio, which is P-A-T-A-U-L-I-S-I-O.com. So yeah, or you can email me. Feel free to email me, yeah, Dude Comics at Gmail. So you just look up yeah, Dude Comics. That's who I am. Hell yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks again, Pat, for coming on the show. It's good finally getting to have you on. I know we've been meaning to do that for a while now. Sorry it took so long. Yeah, no, it's cool. Always got more stuff coming out. Never stops. We're looking forward to it. All right, uh, yeah, well, that'll do it. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, until next time, stay gutter. Stay gutter.